Good morning, everyone. As Ryan said, my name is Matt, and I serve as one of the pastors here. Uh, so good to be with you here this morning on this beautiful holiday weekend. Anybody get out and enjoy some fireworks last night? Awesome. Such a great time. Beautiful time around the lake. Anybody sustained any injuries while celebrating fireworks last night? All right. Well, hopefully you're okay. Um, but seriously, thanks so much uh, for staying out late, but then uh, getting up and having the energy to come and join us here this morning. Uh, and as Kondo said, special greeting to those of you who are with us for the very first time. Such a uh, special treat to have you here with us this morning, and we don't take that lightly. And also, uh, just a huge shout out to all of our volunteers who got up super, super early here this morning and helped put this place together so that uh, we could have church together this morning. Um, well, I have the privilege of continuing to lead us through this series, um, Super Mega Epic Summer, and I'm going to move that so I don't have a Super Mega Epic Fall um, on the stage. Uh, but we're continuing the series, Super Mega Epic Summer Series, and I'm always so grateful when I'm able to just get that phrase out without uh, tripping over my own tongue. And, and you picked, uh, quite frankly, a pretty super mega epic service uh, to attend this morning. Um, you know, not only just amazing worship um, and hopefully just a great time in God's word, but this morning uh, after we leave here, I'm hearing rumors of we are going to celebrate 4th of July weekend with some popsicles. So that's exciting. Uh, red, white, and blue. Go America. And we're excited about that. So looking forward to having a popsicle with you afterwards. But then on top of that, uh, especially for this service, you are joining in, um, unbeknownst to you, uh, the 12th uh, anniversary celebration for me and my wife, Erica, which is today. Uh, thank you. Yes. So happy anniversary. I love you. So sorry for this. Um, she just loves attention a lot. Um, so yeah, so we're continuing through this, uh, this series, Super Mega Epic Summer Series. Why Super Mega Epic? Well, it's because we want to move away from the simple. We want to move away from the average asks. We want to lean in through trust and faith and begin to ask God to do the things that only he can do. To ask God to uh, lead us through the Super Mega Epic. We, we want to be bold in our asks. We don't want to hold back. We want to courageously lean in and ask God to do incredible things around us. But, but not only just uh, the incredible things that we're asking God to do, we also want this series to be uh, about a moment for us to prepare to be ready for the super mega epic things that God would call us to do. That, that as we pray and as, as we uh, just uh, cast our cares upon him and intercede on behalf of others and we lift our request to him, that as he then in turn responds, we would be prepared to step up and to move as he calls us to move. Last week we talked about uh, some of the ways in which uh, we need to begin to, moving, to move and step up in our role in the super mega epic. Um, and you can go ahead and open your Bibles if you have them to uh, the book of Joshua. It's where we uh, studied last week. We're going to study there again. There's some guys coming up the aisles right now with Bibles. If you don't have one and you'd like to have one in your hands, uh, don't be embarrassed. Just raise your hand. We'd love to get a copy to you so you can hold a Bible this morning. If you don't have one at home, feel free 
uh, to keep that as our gift to you. So this morning, we're going to start off in uh, Joshua. I'm going to review a few things to help catch us up uh, from last week. We'll spend a little bit of time in Joshua chapter 1, Joshua chapter 3, and then eventually we will uh, land in Joshua chapter 4, where we'll spend uh, the bulk of our time this morning. And as we started last week, we were talking about this generation of Israelites who found themselves at the doorstep of the promised land. That they're at this moment that God has brought them to, to now say, okay, it's time to go into the promised land. And as we talk, the generation before them, they reached this moment. They had this moment with God. And yet, instead of leaning forward in trust, instead of looking at the promises of God and looking at the character of God and the ways that God had been in and around and amongst them, They begin to lean more towards doubt and towards fear and towards cynicism. And because of this, it led to their exile back into the wilderness. Where for 40 years they were sent wandering so that that generation would die off. And so now we again find ourselves with this new generation. Moses has died. Joshua is now the leader of the Israelite people. And God has spoken to him and he said, it is time. It's time for us to move in to the promised land. So Joshua chapter 1, verse 3. This is the Lord uh, speaking to Joshua. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Verse 5. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And what we see here is God renewing his promises with Joshua and with the people of Israel. We we see him coming back to this place with Joshua of saying, hey, we've stood here before. And it was at this moment that your ancestors started to doubt and started to let their fear take over. And I just want to make it really, really clear to you. I am with you. The land that I promised your forefathers, I promise I am going to give that to you today. This is the time. And I want to let you know I am with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Be courageous. Be strong. Trust in me. Obey me. And I am going to carry you through. And what we talked about is this idea is that we, as we approach God in the super mega epic, we should be clinging to the truth and to the promises of God. We should be looking for the truth and promises in Scripture to help guide us in our prayers through the super mega epic, so that we could look at the character of God, so that we can align our hearts with the Almighty and tie our prayers onto these promises that He has proven to be true generation after generation after generation. Cling to the truth and the promises of God. We skip forward to Joshua chapter 3. So God has renewed his promises with his people. And now Joshua is moving around the camp of Israelites. And he is letting them know, preparing them for what God is about to do. Verse 5. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Consecrate yourselves. This phrase, this word, it means to set yourself apart, to be ready for the special tasks and assignment that God has for you, to be wholly devoted 
to God. And so Joshua gives the command to the Israelites, hey, listen, God is going to show up tomorrow and do amazing things. Your job, your work is now to do the work of consecration, to set yourselves apart. And we should have that same heart and that same spirit of what it means to consecrate ourselves. Now, our consecration comes through Christ Jesus, his life, his sacrifice, his death, his resurrection. It's through him and it's through our faith in him that we are consecrated, that we are cleansed before God, that our sin is taken care of. It's the final payment and atonement for sin. But yet being broken people, part of a fallen world, sin has a way of continuing to creep up in our lives. And we have to keep tabs on that and we have to continue to deal with it. And we have to work to make relationships right. We need to confess to God and we need to seek forgiveness from him and from each other so that we can be consecrated and set apart and prepared for the tasks that God has for us. So the promises have been declared and the people have done the work of consecrating themselves before God. And they are now standing on the eastern banks of the Jordan River. And then God commands the priests who are carrying the Ark of the Covenant. Now, again, the Ark of the Covenant is just this golden box, and it is representative of the person and the promises of God. And they're carrying it up high for people to see, and the priests are going ahead of the entire camp down into towards the river, and God commands them, take the Ark of the Covenant and go, and I want you to step your feet into the water. Verse 15. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during the harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark, the person and promises of God, reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away. And in this moment with these Levitical priests, we see this beautiful partnership with God. This moment where God does the work that only he can do when it comes to parting the waters. But God doesn't just part the waters. He once steps forward from his people first. We talked about the need for us to cautiously and courageously step forward. In our lives, in our circumstances, in our story. Because God wants movement. He wants steps of faith by his people towards his promises. And he is ready and waiting in so many places and cases to do the work that only he can do. But he wants us to step up and go put our feet in the water. And it's through that that he does the work of halting the flooding waters, parting them, creating dry ground for all of the people to cross. So today, this is where we pick up the story. And I want to continue for, for us to explore some of our role in the super mega epic. So we're going to pick up the story in Joshua chapter 4, verse 1. And I'm going to read through this chapter. And I'm going to pick just a, a number of verses through the chapter. And we'll kind of skip forward through it uh, just to get a sense of what is going on here. Joshua chapter 4, verse 1. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua... Choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing. Carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. Verse 8. So the Israelites did as Joshua commanded them. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, 
according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, as the Lord had told Joshua. And they carried them over with them to their camp where they put them down. Verse 11. And as soon as all of them had crossed, the ark of the Lord and the priests came to the other side while the people watched. Verse 15. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Command the priest carrying the ark of the covenant law to come up out of the Jordan. So Joshua commanded the priests, Come up out of the Jordan. And the priests came up out of the river carrying the ark of the covenant of the Lord. No sooner had they set their feet on the dry ground than the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and ran at flood stage as before. Verse 20. And Joshua set up at Gilgal the twelve stones they had taken out of the Jordan. He said to the Israelites, In the future, when your descendants ask their parents, What do these stones mean? Tell them. Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the people of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. Two observations that I want to draw out of this passage this morning. And I'm going to share them with you and then we'll go back and process through them together. First observation is this. Clarity follows obedience. Clarity follows obedience. Second observation that we'll look at. Captured miracles feed faith. Captured miracles feed faith. So in this story, and as, as we read through, and if you were to read through uh, the entire account of Joshua, you would see that the Lord provides uh, the next steps of the Israelites' journey in his timing. As he leads the Israelites to the Jordan, he gives them very specific instructions for that assignment, for that time. And as they cross the Jordan, he gives them the next set of instructions. And if you continue to read on and read forward through the story... This rhythm continues to repeat itself. The Israelites step forward in trust, in obedience. They take the next steps forward, and God reveals to them the next set of instructions. And this rhythm just continues to work until a couple chapters from here, we're not going to look at this story specifically this morning, there's a moment where one of the Israelites disobeys God's instructions. He does something opposite of what the Lord commands them to do. And then as the rest of the Israelites go to move forward, it's as if God's hand has been removed from them. And it's like, whoa, wait a second, what just happened here? And it takes this sort of search effort to figure out, oh wait, this guy messed up and didn't do what God commanded us to do. And until they make that wrong right, God's favor, God's clarity, God's instruction does not return to them. So we see this rhythm of leaning in, of trusting, of submitting, and through that, some clarity is provided. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Simply put, our job is to trust and obey. 
Trust and obey. Trust and obey. When we trust and obey, we can find the courage we need to go down to the water's edge. When we trust and obey, we can raise our awareness to the presence of God and the work that he is doing. The work that only he can do. We can begin to see that. When we trust and obey, our faith grows. Now, I used to pray all the time asking God for clarity. God, give me clarity for this. Give me clarity for that. Over this decision, over this thing, over this relationship, over this opportunity. Lord, please give me clarity. Please give me clarity. And I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong or bad to pray and to ask God for clarity. But what I have found is that God rarely seems to part the clouds and provide clarity for clarity's sake. What we see in this passage is God does give the Israelites clear instructions. And what we know about the Israelites is they are in this posture, leaning forward in this active sense of faith and trust and obedience. See, I think sometimes praying for clarity can can be an excuse for us to almost just slam on the brakes until the clouds break, until the waters get a little bit more still. And we can become fearful that the next step forward could lead to failure. And what I would encourage you as you seek clarity in issues that you face, that you would also pray that God would increase your trust in him. That he would guide you to submit in obedience to him because clarity follows obedience. Rarely will clarity come before that. What we see with Joshua and the Israelites when they submit to God, they take the next steps forward and he moves in response to their obedience and makes their path straight. It's not them leaning on their own understanding. It's not them trying to figure everything out. It's them putting all of their trust and faith in God and submitting obediently to him. And it's at that point that he makes their path straight. And if we sit around and we try to understand and straighten out everything in our mind, we risk missing out on the opportunities and blessing of what it looks like to submit to our heavenly father. And in fact, I think we're operating in a role reversal because the Proverbs makes it very clearly that the job of straightening things out is God's. Our job is to trust and to obey. As we talked about last week, we should work like it depends on us and pray like it depends on God. Keep moving. Keep stepping forward, but be aware of the fact that God will interrupt. He will redirect. He will ultimately lead you to where he wants you to go. Next observation. The entire nation of Israel, approximately 3 million people, have now crossed over from the eastern banks of the Jordan. As Joshua told him back in chapter 3, the Lord will do amazing things among you. Not only do they get to just stand back in the riverbanks and watch as the priests walk in and watch as they step in the water and watch as God parts the waters, they then get to participate in the miracle by crossing the dry riverbed. It wasn't something they could do on their own. It took work from God Almighty. Work, however, that was done through faithful steps of his people moving forward. And at this point, this is a miraculous moment for these people because they are now standing on the western banks of the Jordan inside 
the borders of the promised land that God had been promising to these people for generations. Look at verse 11 again. I want to check something out in this, this verse. And as soon as all of them had crossed, the ark of the Lord and the priests came to the other side while the people watched. Now again, they stood on the eastern side. They watched the priests go down. They stepped their feet in the water. The waters crossed. They crossed the riverbed. And then I love in how this story is captured. They get to the other side and they turn around and they watch the priests in the other direction. And it seems maybe like an insignificant detail, but I think it's really quite specific. Have you ever stood in a moment where you've thought, I don't ever want to forget this moment? The things that I'm learning, the things that I am sensing, the things that God is leading me through, the things that he is calling me towards, the moments and the miracles that he is operating in and around me. I just don't want to forget these moments. In fact, I want to just sear them into my mind, into my heart, and into my soul. How I'm thinking, the perspective I have, how I feel, I don't want to forget. And I believe that's what we're seeing with these Israelites. And I've had several moments like that in my life. Moments that I just felt, these, these moments, this moment that I'm in, this is just too important in the context of my life and my story for me to just flippantly forget. I need to remember this. Because honestly, there have been many moments in my life where I have forgotten. Where I have experienced an amazing movement of God and God's goodness and I've walked away from it and I have forgotten there are some moments where I have just clearly just burned some memories into my mind. July 4th, 2003. I was leading worship at a singles uh, retreat in Florida. And four or five years previous to that moment, uh, I was walking with the Lord, but really struggling with contentment in my life. Just really struggling to be content. Constantly on the search for what was next, or to be more specific, who was next? Who was I going to date? And who was going to be the one? You see, I was on this restless search to find someone to share my life with, and it had become the most important thing to me. More important than my relationship with the Lord. It was something that was an idol in my life. And I'll never forget standing on the balcony of a condo, not our condo, but a building condo. <laughs> we just took a vacation recently and stayed in a condo, and our kids giggled every time. It was just so confusing to them. Um, but no, I remember this moment, standing on the balcony of this condo in Florida, in the beach, on July 4th. And standing there with some friends and looking out over the ocean as the fireworks were coming over the ocean. And it was just absolutely beautiful, as I'm sure many of you experienced last night watching the fireworks over the lake. And God had been doing some things in me leading up to this moment over the previous couple of weeks. You see, I was in some circumstances that I was not happy about. And in fact, they were actually quite painful circumstances. And Yet God was speaking to me and he was uh, calling me up and calling me out into a new sense of obedience and faith and trust in him. 
And all of my feverish activity and this whole, you know, obsession with uh, the dating thing and, and all of that, it just started to fade into the background. And I started to tune in and hear just a little bit more from the Lord. And through the context of this retreat, I just had this moment with God that I'll never forget. And again, standing on this balcony in the midst of all these bright and loud explosions, I had a moment of surrender with the Lord. I was at complete and total peace. I was absolutely fulfilled with my life and who God had created me to be and where he had me, even in the circumstances that I was not happy about. I had this moment where I just remember thinking and praying to God, God, thank you for your goodness and your graciousness to me. God, I'm good. We're good. If this is all you have for me, if this is my life, I'm good with that. I had no idea what was next. I had no idea where God was leading me. I was totally content to just stay there as long as the Lord would have me to. And then 364 days later, I stood at the altar on July 3rd, 2004, with Erica, when we committed our lives to each other. And see, I'm not sure without July 4th, 2003, if there would have been a July 3rd, 2004. The Spirit of God moved and changed me, and he brought me to new levels of faith and trust in the midst of circumstances I didn't like. And yet that moment, that memory, that miracle that he was doing in my heart was just too important to forget. So I committed it to memory. God, please don't let me forget this so that I don't just walk away from this moment and just enter back into old patterns and old ways, but that I would lean forward in a new sense of trust and obedience. And Erica was going through similar circumstances in her life and her story. And I believe as we both came together and came to this place of trusting and submitting to God, he opened our eyes to each other and what he had in store for the two of us. I think in the super mega epic captured miracles or memories feed our faith. The Lord directs Joshua for each person, a representative of each tribe, to carry a stone out of the Jordan River. They do so and they create this physical monument on the side of the Jordan in the camp where they're now staying. Because God knows, left to ourselves, we will forget. God commands them, don't forget this moment. Go grab a stone. Go create a monument. Don't forget because the water is not held back forever. The priests come out of the water and the waters return back to their flood state, which is just so much like our lives, right? Life will take over. Circumstances will begin to rush back in. And even though we just may have walked through a powerful moment with God, we forget. The Israelites' ancestors had this problem. They forgot the power of God. Even though he had walked with them through the deliverance out of slavery and out of Egypt, when they arrived at the doorstep of the promised land, their fear took over and became bigger than the promises of of God, and they forgot. And their forgetfulness cost them everything. But this generation seems to be soaking in this miracle 
But even then, under the direction of God, they build a literal, physical monument to help them remember, to help future generations know of God's goodness. Now, we've been talking about through this series the idea of creating a prayer list and keeping a journal and working to not only capture the things that we're asking of God, but to capture the ways in which he responds to us so that we may make it a practice to capture the miracles and the memories so that it would feed our faith as we move forward. We must not forget when harder days come and harder days will come, we want to remember God's graciousness, his love, his provision so that we can continue to cling to the promises of truth. We can continue to move towards consecrating ourselves. We can continue to step forward in cautious and yet courageous steps into the water. We want to capture these miracles, these moments, because they can be the difference of future successes and failures. Last week when I told you about our need to raise $57,000 to create a seamless transition into the Performing Arts Center, I did so with just a ton of memories and miracles burned into my heart from our nonprofit days of living on support. See, time after time, again, the Lord led us down paths where we just didn't have the money to do the things we were feeling called to do. But he generously provided for us what we needed when we needed it. And oftentimes, and I mean many, many, many times, it did not look like what we thought it would look like or should look like. There were many months that we went where we had to lower our paychecks to make it through to the next month. There were several times we didn't get paid at all. And those were the months that we would open the back door to our house to go out into the carport and we would find stacks of groceries and diapers waiting for us. Those were the times that we would go into church and a woman would walk up and she'd hand us $250 and say, God told me to give this to you. And it was the exact amount we needed to pay the gas bill that was about to get turned off. We received plenty of no's and lots of not yet during that season. Plenty of times where we had ideas and things that just didn't pan out. But the moments where we sensed God truly leading us, he took us down these unexpected paths. But the journey with the Lord changed us and grew our faith. And it created moments and memories where we were able to capture and hold them in our hearts. It's the miracles where God did the work that only he could do. And it's those moments and those memories that has me standing here confidently today and trusting the Lord in the ways that he's going to provide and care for our church. He's going before us. He is clearing the way. He will provide what we need when we need it. In fact, I have an exciting update about that that I'll tell you in a moment. But see, it's the miracles of yesterday that are fueling my faith today. It's in these moments that we can recall the miracles that God's done in our lives, that we can recall his promises and we can recall his goodness. We can recall that when we thought we had a great plan, God has a perfect plan. It's in these moments we can lean further in to trust and we can find the courage we need to place our feet in the water and to look to God to do the work that only he can do. 
as I've been preparing these messages for the last few weeks, what I love is that I am surrounded by people here who are already living this stuff in really powerful ways. Connor and I have been talking about um, just this idea of a monument. You know, for Joshua and the Israelites, they stacked up stones as a monument. We feel like around here at Mission Point, we have this monument of stories. Stories that are being stacked up for us to look and to see God's goodness. To see the ways in which he worked. To see the ways in which people stepped out in faith. And then God showed up and filled in the blanks the rest of the way. Where God showed up and straightened out the paths. And I'm so grateful to be a part of a church and part of a place where I am just seeing these stories just stack up and stack up and stack up. And as I look at them and as I think about them and as I process them, they fuel my faith forward. A couple stories I want to share with you. And I have zero permission to share these stories. So if you see some stop, drops, and rolls out the back door, you'll know why. Ryan and Nina Berger. They run a nonprofit sports and leadership ministry called Agatas. Five years ago. Yeah, go ahead. Give them a hand. It's awesome. Now, five years ago, this started with a passion for soccer and a passion for kids. And just this rumbling within them just saying, how can we combine these two things for the sake of the kingdom of God? How can we use this passion for soccer and passion for kids and advance the gospel forward? And so five years ago, they met on this field right behind this building with a few people from here helping out. And they held their very first free soccer camp for 35 kids in our community. They didn't know what it would look like. They didn't know where it would take them. But they went and they put their feet in the water and they took steps forward. Just two weeks ago, they conducted their fifth annual soccer camp for over 150 kids in our community where it continues to be free and it continues to be an opportunity for children to come and hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's awesome. And it's amazing because it's not just something that is powerful for our little ones. They have recruited uh, high school students, varsity Uh, sports high school students in our community to come and be coaches and counselors in the midst of this camp. And so I'm watching our little ones uh, being presented with just, uh, just really fun and unbelievable skills, but also the truths of God's word. But I'm also watching these high school students being poured into these concepts of leadership and what it means to serve. These moments and these uh, kinds of actions in step four are things that fuel my faith. About a year ago, we made a decision to start having live worship in Kids Point. Every week, we would scramble to find someone who could play guitar and someone who could sing. And we just kind of threw it together and went for it. Um, And Erica Edwards, who helped out a number of times in the beginning, she looked and she saw some of the struggle we were having just pulling this together. And Erica, in a very Erica way, just said, hey, listen, I got this. Let me just take it and run with it. And it was awesome. It meant so much, like, thank you so much. And she leaned in and she didn't have all the answers and she didn't know what it would look like. And she didn't have all the people around her to help her do this. But she had this incredible, intense passion for worshiping God and for what it meant to bring that passion into our Kids Point ministry. 
And so she went and she put her feet in the water and she took steps forward. And she recruited probably several of you sitting in this room who have helped out and have created an unbelievable worship environment. And then Eric Moeller and Will Phillips show up and they're like, this thing's awesome. We're in too. And now we have a Kids Point band. This thing's awesome. I'm telling you, we would have an easier time shutting down Taylor Swift right now than this band. I mean, these guys are killing it every week at this thing. They back their cars up to the door over here and they're unloading drums and electric guitars and they sit in this room back here and they rehearse and then they go in this room and they lead our kids to the throne room of God. And it's beautiful. And if you haven't been in there, please don't go in there. We're running out of space, let alone oxygen. But if you've been in there, you know this is a powerful environment where our kids are being led into worship. And it started with Erica's willingness to step in And say yes to God and put her feet in the water, not knowing how this would work out. And it's stories like these that fuel my faith. This past week, and hopefully you saw an email touching on this that we sent out earlier in the week. A family contacted me after they heard about our financial need to move into the Performing Arts Center. And they expressed a desire to put their feet in the water and pledge a large financial gift. That in and of itself is just so amazing and so humbling, but it's better than that. They're standing at the river's edge with their feet in the water, and they're looking back at the riverbank and the rest of us, and they're waving, hey, get down here. Come on. Come with us. Put your feet in the water. The water's fine. Come on in. Come step in. You see, they have set up a matching opportunity for us. Over the next couple weeks, if you give towards uh, the move, you designate money towards the move, they will match it dollar for dollar up to $20,000. We have an opportunity in the next couple weeks to raise $40,000. And it started with a family trusting and obeying the call the Lord had placed on them. Submitting to him out of obedience. Not leaning on their own understanding, which said, I don't know if we can actually pull this off, but leaning into the trust of the Lord who is making their path straight. And not only are they stepping in, but they're calling the rest of us to step in with them. And in a moment, we'll take some time to respond to this opportunity. Now, see, these stories are just the tip of the iceberg. We could sit here for hours and hours, and I could go on and on and on about the incredible things that God is doing in and among us and around us. And there are so many stories of people who are in the process, in the process of making their way down to the river and putting their feet in. But I shared these stories because I believe They fuel our faith. They encourage our hearts. They honor God because they highlight the ways in which he has come through like he promised that he would do. So what story of yes will you add to the monument? How will your story honor God and fuel faith in his people? What parts of your story Will you allow God to use to possibly even encourage the generation coming behind us? Because as we've learned and as we've studied through these stories, we have two options here. We could be like the generation that leaned into doubt and to fear and to cynicism and provide this roadmap of how not to do it. Or we could lean into trust and obedience and give the next generation shoulders to stand on. And we've wanted to be really, really practical in this series. In week one, 
uh, condo encouraged you to start a list, to start this prayer list, things that you were calling on God, trusting God to do the things that only he could do. In week two, he gave you really practical steps and ways you can engage in and pray through that list effectively. Week three, we invited you to explore what is the big thing that God is asking of me to do. And we encourage you to boldly say yes and to create another list, not just a list of the things you're asking God to do, but creating a list of the things God is calling you to do. And this week, I just want to invite more of you to join in. I want to encourage you to lean more into trust and obedience. I want to encourage you to capture the miracles and the memories around you so that your faith may be fueled and propelled forward to begin taking steps of yes, steps towards the promises of God, steps towards a new depth of faith and trust. We want to add more stories to our monument of stories. So that no matter what the circumstances may be, we will never forget God's goodness, his love, his forgiveness, his grace, his provision. Ryan and some of the team are going to come back up in a moment and lead us through a song. And um, as he does, I want to invite you to do just a couple of things. If you missed last week and the opportunity to fill out this yes card, I believe uh, we've put those inside your worship cards this Sunday. And this yes card is simply just an opportunity for you to write some things down. Because when you write some things down, you have a greater chance at succeeding and moving some things forward. And we'd love for you to take just a few moments as as Ryan strums on the guitar, just to begin to write down what are some things you need to say yes to, to God today? What are the things that he's laying on your heart? What is the thing that he is calling you to? What are areas in your life that you need to obediently submit. Second, we're going to continue our worship together through the giving back of our offering. As I said, we have this beautiful opportunity to respond by uh, joining this family and sticking our feet in the waters and trusting God with our finances. I would encourage you to please give the offering you came prepared to give today. But I'd also like to encourage you to sacrificially give above and beyond that and to trust the Lord for this opportunity. You can simply mark your check uh, with the word move on the memo line and that will direct us to where it needs to go. If you have cash, there's envelopes on the chairs around you. You can put cash in those envelopes, put those in the basket. That will get where it needs to go. But listen, if you're hearing some of this for the first time and some of this is news for you, I want to give you some time to process and to to pray and to communicate with your spouse. We don't want to manipulate anybody in a moment here. We do want you to have time to process and, and do what you need to do. But we would ask that you would take this envelope home and respond very quickly. Don't let another week go by. The envelope has our P.O. box address on it. You can put a check in, put a stamp on it, put it in the mail and respond. We just don't want to miss the opportunity to partner with the Lord in this. Mission Point, let's be bold. Let's be brave. Let's lean into what it means to submit, to trust, and obey. Let's look to the promises of God and know that He can be trusted. Let's lean into the super mega epic together. Let's pray. Father, thank you so very much for your love, for your grace. God, we thank you so much for your perfect plan. 
Lord, we want to be um, moving together towards you, towards your promises, towards your will. But God, we need you to guide our steps in that. We need you to direct and straighten out our path. God, don't let just uh, us freeze or pause in this moment. There may be things where we don't have complete clarity. We don't have complete understanding. God, let that not be excuses that we use. But Lord, lead us to obedience. Lead us to trust and let us find you to be a good and perfect father. One who cares for the needs of his children. One who comes through on his promises. God, we need you in that. We need you to do the work that only you can do. So Lord, as we take this time and respond and as we give back our offering, God, we hold it up to you and we ask that you would multiply it in unbelievable ways to make a difference in this county and to make a difference in this world for your gospel. God, continue to open up and pour out the resources of heaven. And Lord, may you find us to be faithful stewards of the things that you trust us with here today. In Christ's name.